Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. And I am super excited about this podcast today because I am titling this The Art of the Hustle. And this is a very special interview with Carlene Roy of the Vanity Group. If you do not know Carlene, let me tell you about her. Um, the Vanity Group is a luxury lifestyle management agency uh, composed of resourceful, creative, and well-connected lifestyle management advisors who are experienced in, who are experienced in bespoke event producing, luxury concierge services, and talent relations. From those impossible to get restaurant reservations to glamorous red carpet appearances to planning a last minute getaway to the Maldives. Um, Carlene went to Howard University and her reputation as a lifestyle and experience expert was cultivated in New York City throughout her career within the entertainment industry. After Carlene graduated, she quickly secured a publicity role with Island Def Jam Recordings, where she began to establish a rapport with key influencers in the music industry and help catapult many artists to stardom. At Def Jam, Roy was recruited to work with R&B crooner Neo as a management coordinator, where she was responsible for overseeing the day-to-day operations for Neo and his management company, Compound Entertainment. Um... Carlene had a few more jobs, which we're going to talk about. But as her network and experience expanded, Roy later scored her dream job working alongside entertainment mogul Sean Diddy Combs. The two established a stellar working relationship and Combs selected her as his senior executive assistant for the executive office at Bad Boy Entertainment. During her tenure in this position, Roy was the heartbeat of the chairman's office and the driving force between Combs's multifaceted business entities, external business partnerships, internal departments, industry execs, and globally rec- recognized talent relationships. Some of Vanity Group's clients include Sean Diddy Combs, Kobe Bryant, Maybach Music Group. I'm sure there are so many more. Um, and I am so happy to have you. Carlene, thank welcome. Thank you, Molly. You have such a um, soothing voice. Oh, my God. Thank yeah. you. What's crazy as a kid, I used to not like it. You know, I play it back. And now people tell me that. But yeah, I'll take very it. Soothing. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. I like when I light a candle. You're like, I know. You're like, snap, snap, yes. snap. Okay. So. Carlene, you, I mean, I have been following you on the gram. Your life is, as the young people say, oh. it. Um, <laughs> tell me how you got, because I get a lot of people who write me every day and I need to know the steps. How did you get from Howard University to Island Def Jam, which was, which is in yes, New York, right? Based in New York. How did you? How did you get um, in a U-Haul truck? Um, <laughs> I after I graduated from Howard, shout out to anybody who's listening that went to Howard. Um, I majored in public relations, and I could not find a job. Um, and sometimes you don't know the doors that God is closing for you. But I couldn't find a job. I applied for PR jobs at agencies, corporations, all over the world, and I wasn't getting hired. And I met a young lady who worked at Def Jam. And I pretty much begged her. I was like, please let me be your intern. Like she was like, but you're out of college. I was like, yo, just let me know I'm in the building. So after like begging her for the whole summer, like you graduated in May, I begged her the whole summer in September. She was like, my intern left. Would you want to come do it? I literally packed all my stuff in my little apartment in South out, Southeast DC. Shout out to everybody in the hood in Southeast DC. Rented a U-Haul <laughs> truck, drove to New York City by myself crashed with a friend on her apartment. Um, 
and worked at Def Jam unpaid as an intern for a year. Oh, wait, I, wait, I just want to I want to highlight that. Like sometimes as I'm reading, I like highlight that worked at Def Jam unpaid for yes, a year for a year. And okay. in those days, you technically could not be an intern at Universal Music um, if you were out of college. So it was a whole covert operation finagling situation <laughs> to get into the building right. every day. But I was I wanted it and I was very eager. So I was always the first person there, the last person to leave. But if you wanted to work in music, you had to pay your dues, like period, point blank. You wasn't about to come in there trying to boss up on somebody like, oh, I'm entitled. I'm smart. You owe me this. They're like, all right, cool. Show us. So I really had to like pay my dues and put in the grind time before they would even consider me to do anything. Okay. So in that year, once you were how did you go from internship to job like getting paid like how did you what did you do for food and like what did you do to eat not working yo shout out to my mom who was like not not getting paid not getting paid you were working i was not getting paid paid. um i'm blessed to have a great family and shout out to my mom who was like secretly sending me money because my dad was completely off me like he wasn't having you know old school black parents like if it don't make dollars it don't make sense so my dad's like you telling me i spent all this money to send you to howard university right and you gonna take your ass to new york and not work no insurance no nothing like he just didn't he could not wrap his head around it um so i stayed with a friend and we would go to dinner and split the bill my mom would overnight me food um but I, I was I was very <laughs> blessed. Like my parents was wasn't going to completely leave me leave me on Front Street. But you know I had to get creative in what I was doing. One hundred percent. I I hear you. So in that year, how did you like? How did you get a job? Did you work there? Let me. This is a gem. I'm going to be dropping gems this whole podcast. <laughs> so I learned I learned this early on at Dev Jam. Anybody you meet. Okay. Make it your business to cultivate a relationship with them. Not what this person can do for you, but genuinely get to know people. So because I worked in the publicity department every day, it was my job as the intern to take the daily press clippings to the different department heads. Um, And I really began to develop a relationship with a gentleman named Tashawn Gale, who worked in the marketing department at Dev Jam. So anything they needed... Y'all need cupcakes. It's raining outside. It's LL Cool J birthday. He need a do-rag from down the street. Whatever the marketing department did. That wasn't even my department. I was like, just, I want to help you guys. So I developed a relationship with Tashawn. And Tashawn was actually leaving his job to do something bigger. Um, And he was like, I'm going to be managing this huge artist one day. And when we get popping, I'm going to bring you on board. I love the way you work. And maybe like a week later, he started managing Neo. And he hired me to work for Neo. And that is kind of what popped everything off. But if I didn't take the time to like work and try to outwork everybody, I'm sure Tashawn would have never paid attention to me because, you know, Def Jam is like music industry one-on-one. It's like, if you can make it there, you can make it any place. So I really was trying to like outwork everybody and like do the best that I can to show them and Tashawn took notice. So I'm forever like, you know, indebted to him. Awesome. Now you, I want to just talk about outworking everybody because I, I think that um, I also had that mindset, but I think that some people don't realize like that doesn't mean cutting. It's not a cutting no. thing or it's not a, you don't have to step on anybody, no. but 
I was, I am competitive by nature. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, you know what? I'm going to like, I will get here early. I will stay late. Like you're going to, you're going to see me and know me. And people always notice the person who's always there. Yes. It's not about being conniving or trying to like outdo Mm -hmm. anybody. It's really outdoing yourself. It's like, if you know better, you do better. It's like, get up early, like put yourself together, be polished, be professional, like dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. It's just being better. Um, Right. And I feel like some people like are, are missing that. So it's not about cutting and being shady to other people. It's really like putting right. your best foot forward, like at all times. Got it. Okay. So my, the way I want to do this podcast with you, Carlene, is that I want to talk about things that I think make you a true hustler. And I think the first thing that I want to talk about Ooh, is that's just big, coming attitude. from you. Oh, <laughs> oh please. Oh, please. <laughs> So I really want to talk about like attitude, you know, I think a lot of the hustle is about the attitude or the approach to work. Um, There's no way that you would have made it this far without a particular attitude or approach. When you were starting out, um, what sort of mental mindset did you do? So I decided that I was going to be like, I'm going to look at this like graduate school. So I can either, you know, that's why I didn't care about pay. It's like, I can either pay and learn or I can get paid a little bit to learn and and I just took it on the chin and it's like I got bruised I got embarrassed but I just kept popping up what was your mindset and attitude when you got in the game I believed in myself everybody from the moment I was like I'm coming to New York everybody was like you're crazy you'll never make it how can you afford to live there you're going to get ran over by a cab. You're going to get killed in Central Park. Like <laughs> there were so many naysayers around me. And I just really wanted to show people like I'm going to show y'all. So it's like if I didn't believe in nothing else, I always believed and bet it on myself. Um, my friends always joke and call me Kanye West. They're like, you're so emotional. You're so like full of yourself all the time. But it's like, I'm the shit and y'all are going to see it. You know, like and I always Hello. just like kept that mindset in the back because like working in music or Living in New York City, it's a doggy dog world. So it's like if I didn't believe in myself and have the confidence, I would have never made it like period point blank. Right. So you just had that like, I'm, I, believe I believe in, in me, me, which a lot of people. Yeah. So we are in a climate of quick come up. I don't know like if I would blame that. I, I don't even want to blame it on anything, but I do feel like we are in a in a climate of quick come ups. And I a lot of people, I get a lot of career questions with people, you know, they've been at jobs two years or even two months. And they feel like in that period of time, they deserve to be somewhere mm-hmm. else. How many years have you been working? And like, like how long sort of like help me understand time and and when did you know it was time to go somewhere else or do something else oh that's a good question I definitely put in the time it definitely was before I started Vanity Group I was working at Bad Boy for six years working for Mr. Combs um and in that time I never was thinking about really like jumping out the business and jumping out the window and starting my own business, it was important for me to learn the business and like Ooh. sharpen my, what is, what's the saying? Like sharpen your, whatever it is, like sharpen your steel. Like I was really just trying to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. I think before you think that you can jump out the window and do anything, you need to know your shit. Like 
<laughs> just for real, for period. real. Not sort of know it. Not copying and pasting what no. you see other people. Period. Your point blank. Like you need to know mm-hmm. like what you're doing. Uh, we're in a world now of like instant gratification. It's like, oh, my leak has a curl box subscription. I can do it too. But it's like you've never worked in beauty. <laughs> You never work for big brands. You never have like sat down and had a meeting with like real like C-level executives. What makes you think you can do it? You know, so I really think people don't know what it is to really invest time. I've been in this business now, like going on like 15 years. So I'm not yes. new to this by any means. So I, I'm not afraid of time. I actually think like it works in your benefit if you are sponging mm-hmm. the information that you are learning along the way. Okay. So, um, you and I have had, we, Carlene and I had brunch about a month ago Mm -hmm. and we were talking about, um, entry level, you know, sort of like assistance and, and Ah. having these immense (laughs) amount of demands when it comes to their comfort. What can you say? Like, I want to wrap my arms around these. uh, I want to wrap my arms around this group. And you know how you want to like hug somebody tight and look at them in the face and be like, sit your ass down. You know, like what can we, what can you say to like the new person who's like, you know, I need to be first class. I need, you know, much more space. Like tell me about some of your experiences, you know, being an assistant to Mr. Combs. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you, you flew private, but I I remember you telling me there were some times when you not always in the most popular situation. No, not at all. Um, I, (laughs) yo, (laughs) anybody that has an opportunity to be an assistant, please be an assistant. It is absolutely the best job in the world. It's an amazing job because if you're smart, you will just take everything in that you're around and like you will completely blossom. Um, So in that working for Puff Daddy, he has his hand in everything. So I was just so lucky to be the nucleus of it all. But also Mm -hmm. everybody knows Puff is the hardest working man in show business. So there is no, I'm coming to work trying to like stun on people or ask for an up- upgrade <laughs> in the flight or I know we're going to Central Pay, but can I have a bigger suite? Like, it, excuse it, me, Mr. Combs. Excuse me, can I have a... It was a very... I'm gonna need- I, I, working, for, working at Bad Boy, working for Puff in particular is a very humbling experience. Like, okay, I lived in the house with Puff. Like, we lived together for like a year. Did I, did I have the biggest room in the house? I... I stayed in his twin daughter's bunk beds. I had the top bunk. I'm 30 years old. I had the top. It was a pink, like, Barbie bunk. I had the top bunk. (laughs) Sarah, the PA, the personal assistant, Sarah had the bottom bunk. We shared a Barbie. We shared a Barbie um, closet, little bitty hangers. Like, wow. This is, but this is how I I live. Like, Mm -hmm. if we got to, if we got the opportunity, if there was a budget, they're like, oh, you guys get to go to Cannes with us for the film festival. We were in the last row of the economy flight by the, like, (laughs) we were just so happy to be, have the opportunity to be in the building and the opportunity to see the world. Like, we were just, you know, like, we never ate. I think I I eat standing up now and everybody thinks it's so strange because I think I'm just conditioned. There was never an opportunity to like sit in front of your boss and eat and talk about life. Like you're, I'm there to work, you know, and I never wanted my boss to see me too comfortable. Like 
people get it fucked up. It's like music is very like sexy and it's fly and you're jumping out of private planes and you're in parties. But as the support staff, you are there to work. Right, right, right. So, you are to make sure all of that, that every like that the, the flight is there on time and that the people who are supposed exactly. to be there are there because that's your butt. That's my job. And it's like, don't get it confused because you're not working in a traditional office. Mm-hmm. If you were working for Steve Jobs, would you be smoking in front of your boss or drinking or cursing? No, you wouldn't. So it's like, you still need to give these people who work in a little bit more unorthodox world, the same respect um, and the same parameters. So there was, it's a very humbling experience. Yes. So if you're not somebody who wants to push up their sleeves and work hard and okay, not being the star. Yep. That's, that's a major thing. Like I, I can count on my, hand how many photos I have with Puff mm-hmm. or how many photos I have with like celebrities from that time just because you just didn't do that right you didn't you didn't at all you did to work right and you <laughs> and at any moment it looked like you weren't I remember when I got my job as an assistant in the industry and I think she she had fired the last five assistants so I got on the desk knowing that she wasn't afraid to cut people and that she had cut oh, no. like five people in a year And it was, I remember one time she told me like, this is what got the assistant fired before me amongst other things. But she had put a meeting on her calendar at California pizza kitchen. And if anybody's been to LA, there's like seven, you know? So she put the wrong address. Oh, death. So boss shows up for a meeting and she's at the wrong place. You're done. Oh my God. You're done. You're done. Like you have to be learning. I had, you know, I had to learn how to, you have to be so thorough. And I, I think so many people do diligence, thorough, call ahead, you know, make sure that, you know, whoever, whatever executive she was going to meet, m- communicate with their assistant. You know, yes. I even don't want her sitting there waiting for that person. So no, I need never. to know that your person will be there to meet my person at the right time. Yes. Exactly. At the right place, at the right booth. You come in, they're sitting 50 feet to the left. You will see like all of that. All of that. And I think a lot of people don't realize like it's not just coordinating. Oh, call OS at 12, getting on the calendar. It's it's there's so many extra steps to excellence. Um, Oh, can I drop another gem right now? Please do. Don't ask your boss nothing that you can find out for yourself. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. You should exhaust every resource there is before you come to your boss. So don't ask your boss, where is your meeting at the California pizza kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> what time is like, the meeting again? Don't, don't ask your boss anything that you can figure out on your own. I, I learned that early on in the business and that absolutely has saved me a thousand percent. Oh my God. No, listen, Carlene, I remember my boss called, she was at the Grammys on the carpet and she called for me to connect her with like somebody, you know, it was the stylist, uh, April Rumet for those in the industry that know. She's like, I need you to connect. Uh, me April? With yes. She's like, I need you to connect me with April girl. I was like, what's her number? She hung up in my face. Like exactly. <laughs> if I had her number, I would have called her. Like I'm calling. Call her. Yeah. So that was my first. So I was like, Ooh, you know, you, you learn. We, we all start out yeah. as beginners. Um, so Puff would give me a post-it with a name on it. The post-it be crumbled up in the trash can. You remember that post-it from three weeks ago that I think I threw away? Can you find that person and fly them to meet me tomorrow at the Beverly Hills Hotel at the Polo Lounge? 
What I'm gonna say, what trash can did you put? <laughs> figure this shit out, yo. Like just figure it out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so things are so much different now. And, you know, when when you and I were starting out as assistants, there was no social media, there was no Snapchat. No. And, and you really couldn't see unless it was in a magazine or a reality show how people were living. Um, how do you think uh, the land, the change of the landscape is going to change the workplace? Because you and I have talked about this, too. I think there is some you know, is it okay to contact somebody on Instagram to work? Is it okay to to snap someone? What are your thoughts on this? Mm. I don't think there's a right answer to it, but I am curious to know what you I think. I, I'm a bit old school and I'm a bit more buttoned up when it comes to professional outreach. Okay. I personally would never hit somebody that I was interested in on Instagram or on Snap or social media. I would figure out how to email them if there's someone who can make a proper introduction. I just, I think it's a little too familiar mm-hmm. um, when you're trying to reach somebody professionally. Um, I also think that social media has made people um, very like comfortable with you. Yeah. So I get people that email me or they DM me all the time. Hey, boo, I would love to work with you or... Hey, girl, with a million kissy faces. It's like, if you was reaching out to, and not that I think I'm Oprah, but if you was reaching out to Oprah Winfrey, is that how you would draft an email right. and speak to her? Like, right. you're showing me who you are before you even step in the door. Like, at one time, you're going to have to communicate on my behalf. Mm-hmm. If we're doing a project with some amazing big brand, is that how you would reach out? Hey, boo, oh. reaching out on behalf of Carly Roy from the Vanny Group, like... <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah, I do think there there is a bit too much uh, familiarity yes. um, and and less professionalism. It's just this thing of like, even if the business is young and sexy and quote unquote urban, um, there's yes. still a level of like business and decorum that you have to maintain. It's like nothing yes. grates my nerves more when someone's like, "Hey, hun," like oh, I don't. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it's like, I don't know you and I would never, you know, I have worked with uh, over 200 brands and no one has ever gotten an email from me being like, hey, boo, unless unless we have established that kind of relationship with each other. But I think leave the hearts, the smiley faces, leave over like treat that person like you were writing the president of the United States treat that person like you want to be taken seriously because when you start off like that and and then you want to be like I want to raise I want this why should anybody take you seriously why why should anyone take you seriously when you don't even take yourself serious Exactly. So, and invest in yourself. Take the time to research who you're writing to. This is for everybody that hits me, like looking for a job. Hello, comma. You can say hello, Carlene, or mm-hmm. hello, the Vanny Group. Like, I think it's just a cookie cutter way of of doing things. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it's just because the world is a bit more casual and familiar, but business is still business, no matter what the industry is or what the climate is like you still need to present yourself in the best light. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So next thing that I think, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, you said this when you were at Def Jam is relationships. You know, I always say that we're in the people business first. Um, If there's, you said sometimes making the proper introduction, 
what are some things that you do to establish? Like, I want to know when you want to know somebody or meet somebody, how do you go about establishing? And then what do you do to maintain relationships? I'm curious. Okay. Uh, well, one gym, I'm letting you guys know, this is another gym. Mm-hmm. Anybody you meet once, say that number, say that email, because chances are you're going to need that person again. Yep. And a lot of people that I met while working at Dev Jam over 10 years ago, I still am in contact and working with them. And they're my biggest champions today. Okay. Um, I think when you're meeting someone or trying to get to know someone, you don't jump out the window. Can I take you to coffee? <laughs> like realize, realize how busy this person is. Like just get to know them like in the office. Like they, a lot of people don't have the time to be sitting doing like coffee meetings and you sit down and you're basically interviewing this person. Like it don't work like that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely say try to get to know people at work on a, a personal level, like check in with them. Like, how are you doing? Don't just come to people when you need something from them. Mm-hmm. Like you should also be bringing something to the table. There be, there should be some level of reciprocity in the relationship. Um, a lot of times I personally, I don't know if you feel like this, Malik, mm-hmm. a lot of times I feel so drained of people just, asking things to me like can I can I can I can I can I like can I sit down with you can you tell me this can you tell me that it's like bring some reciprocity to the yes. table and I think when you organically get to know somebody they genuinely want to do things for you yeah. like girls reach out to me like can you mentor me I don't even know you right How about we get to know each other and if I think you're amazing and you want to work in fashion, I probably would say you should meet my good girlfriend, Kalana, or yeah. you should go interview at the Zach Posen showroom. I know them like it naturally will come. But to jump out the gate asking for things is a bit egregious, I think. Um, Agreed. But I, I think it's just being clever and, and being savvy and, and being genuine with people. Um, oh, yeah. A lot I of think are like some major things. Agreed. I think a lot of people, I have a fair amount of people who are working with me now who they saw an opportunity where they felt like I could use their help. And Mm -hmm. they didn't pitch me like, hey, I do graphic designer. I do this. You should work with me. They did it. Like they were Mm -hmm. like, this is what you need. This is it. And like, would you like this? And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. And it's this thing of it's like, can I pay for that? Can like, I I respect you. I respect the time that you did. You put into this. Mm -hmm. Like, what will you charge me for this? And how can I get into a situation where I'm I'm a long term relationship? Let's get a drip. Let's get a a monthly drip of cash going to you. How can Mm -hmm. you do this for me every month or every day? You know, it's like when I first started Curlbox, someone came to me and was like, you really need we were doing these like we call them Insta talks, but like these conversations before people were even doing them came to me like, here it is. I got the topics. I've already designed them like and I and I can do them every day. You know, I can do them. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, whoa, I didn't even think of that. Here's your check, yep. you know, but I think so yeah. often people want to be like, you should hire me. Hire you for what? For what? So you want me to then spend money trying you out? Like, yeah. I think too many people are afraid to give up something first mm-hmm. with no guarantee of a payoff, you know, and yep. really what this is about is like, you're going to have to give some stuff up. Mm-hmm. It's a risk yep. involved. Yep. And especially again, this is a very untraditional world we are working in. So you're going to have to pay your dues. And why again, why am I hiring you? Like, let's show me what you can do. Like, first and foremost. Yeah. 
But no, they want a million dollars just off the rip. Like it's just so hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, because I'm because I'm worth it. But okay, so that's yeah. establishing. But like maintaining, what are some like special things that you do to maintain your relationships? Oh wow, um, I am the queen of following up and like checking in with people like okay. birthdays, holidays, things that I know that are like very special to people. Like I have just like a keen memory. So I'm always the one like checking in with people. Um, and also I always let people know like, Hey, haven't talked to you in a while. Like, please use me as a resource. Like if you need something. So I'm not always like hitting people because I need them for something. Like right. also like if you need to like bounce some things off me, like that's what I'm here for. And that's what relationships are. Um, and another another thing with the relationships, I always try to like reach out to people that like maybe y'all crossed paths with before in the past and like collaborate with them on projects, mm-hmm. work with them like where I see fit. Like I'm always about like our network of friends or like people we came up with. So like any way that I can like pay it forward and work with someone, like I always do that too. And I don't know how I became this person, but like I'm super like cheerleader for like the people like in my life. So I love like champion people, like people Mm -hmm. that I can like introduce to like other people. Like I'm always about like connecting the dots and just like making sure that like the great people in my lives are, you know, like connected to each other. That's, that's awesome. So another thing in relationships is repair. Um, Mm -hmm. You've messed up. Uh, what are the okay. steps? And I'm going to do it two ways. When you've messed up, what are the steps that you should take to repair a relationship with your boss? And what are the steps that you should take to repair a relationship with a client? So we'll start with boss mm-hmm. first since you work with Mr. Combs. I love calling him that, by the way. I know. I know. We call him Mr. C. Mr. C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what is you, you've what messed up. You've messed up. I have. You've messed up a lot of times. <laughs> You messed up and you in trouble. Oh, I'm in trouble. Mr. C is pissed at you. Um, yes. How do you how do you repair that? Because I think sometimes people just like they fall apart, not realizing that we are all going to mess up. Yes. How, what is the best approach to take, you know, when you drop the ball with like your boss or manager? Take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And don't come with any excuses why it didn't work or what the reasons are. If you fucked up, you messed up, take ownership of it and correct it. Mm -hmm. There's no back and forth like, oh, I should have X, Y, and Z. And we're like going back that just makes the situation more annoying for your boss. And now that I am a boss, it's very keen to me like why that doesn't work. Um, So yeah, anytime I would make mistakes and I made tons of mistakes working at Bad Boy, it was me picking my face up off the ground because it was very embarrassing. You know, like you want to impress your boss and be the best employee you can. So once I picked my face up off the ground and like went to the bathroom and (laughs) splashed some water on my eye, you know, I would step to him, Mr. C, you're right. I'm going to correct it. And Mm -hmm. then you come back with something like bigger and better. But it's, I think, and Puff is always about this too. Take ownership of what you did. Okay. Don't pass the buck to somebody else. Like if you fucked up, you fucked up and you make it right. 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 I think so often people don't want to say like, I mean, I just found myself in some trouble this week. And I think the first thought 
when somebody is upset with us uh, is to be like, well, that wasn't my fault. Like, it's just a natural reaction. Yeah. It's a natural reaction to be like, well, had you show, you know, there are a thousand yes. reasons that you can put the blame on somebody else or something, you know, the right. light, the light, the rain, you know, whenever people are like, I'm late to work because it's raining outside. I'm like, how long has it been? Okay. How long has it been raining in like in your life? How much right. rain have you experienced? Like that is not right. an excuse. <laughs> And I could care less. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> care. Like people are like I'm late because it's raining out. Like when it was raining out, then you should have left earlier for work. Yeah, because we know that rain slows down things. But I think uh, sometimes I am human, so my first reaction is always that sort of defensive one. Then yeah. I give myself some time, and I'm like, what's more important, me winning or me making my bills when they come every month? Mm -hmm. making my bills are very important so relationship repair needs to start right yeah. now and the first thing is like it don't matter what happened you asked me to do this and uh, and I didn't do it to your standards yeah. it's not that I yeah. didn't do it I didn't do it in a way that you wanted and for that mm -hmm. I apologize and from yeah. there and then my next thing is then I want to make up for it you know I think people yeah. I now I'm willing to do extra like I had someone that was upset I said I will spend all 2017 making this right like I'm because yep. that's how much I care yep so absolutely when you uh, if you've had a client you're planning like a fantastic something wedding something and the client is ticked same thing taking ownership oh you got to take ownership and now that I am the boss if something went wrong down the line behind me I can't blame it on my assistant or nope, they don't want to hear that. Victoria who works with me in LA. I can't, I have to eat that cost and eat a piece of humble pie and step to them and say like, I made this mistake. I am going to repair it. They don't care if my vendors fucked up. Like I have to like eat that and make it right. So I am the one that's sending flowers. That's <laughs> sending gift or mm -hmm. let me discount this for you. Like I'm all about like customer service. Like, let me do something for you to show that like I'm remorseful and that like your relationship and your business is important to me. Like my business is all about the Vanny group is birthed on being the best. The mm -hmm. definition of vain is actually extreme sense of belief in oneself. So I'm wow. like, if I'm not the best who can do it, I don't know who is. So like, it's my business to go above and beyond like making it right for my clients because you know reputation is everything if I fuck up and then just like don't acknowledge it they'll never hire me again so no, no not you definitely all. have to you know take ownership of your mistakes that's awesome okay so now we want to be nosy um mm -hmm. and I want to know some of your favorite like I want to get into your tools you know so I think okay you know, hustle you there's you've got something that you do um when it comes to saving time, um, what do you what do you do to make the most of your day? And what do you believe like is everyone is a must do? Like if you don't do this, you will not win. Mm. Tools. What do you use? Are you journaling? Is it list? Is it paper? Do you like is it because post-its? Is it what is it? <laughs> I want your sister. There's, OK, <laughs> there is no way in the world that in our world that you think that you can do everything and it's just going to happen. So I'm old school. Like I write every single thing down. Okay. And I think that's just from working at bad boy puff would be like, um, I need someone to 
do my taxes, uh, build a pyramid in the middle of Times Square, uh, buy me a house in LA and I need a G4 to the Maldives tomorrow. Like there's no way that anybody can just like innately remember all of that. So I am very keen on task and writing things down and not just writing it down, but like making sure that you go back and referencing like, okay, I did do that and I did do that. So I am obsessive when it comes to details and the small things. The small things matter, I actually think, the most. Um, so I'm very old school with um, Liz, Victoria. Shout out to Victoria. I know she's listening. Victoria works for me, and she's always sending me these, like, fancy, like, tools to try. I'm still so very old school. I'm like, I don't even know how to, like, work that app. Victoria, okay. I'm just going to continue to just, like, write shit down. So um, <laughs> that's very important to me. Um, I also work very well at night. So like I'm working all through the night, three, four in the morning. And when I wake up, I'm going to the gym and I'm also going back to this list, like just making sure that like I have not missed anything along the way. Wow. Okay. Um, since you are old school, what are some of your favorite apps? Like, because I know you have had to get with 2017. You have had to. I had to. I'm going <laughs> to drop another gym. My mentor told me you cannot run a blockbuster business in a Netflix world. Come on. So I, had, message. I had to get with the 2017 world. Okay. Um, because I'm always on the go, TurboScan is my best friend. What is it? So like? it's basically what is TurboScan. TurboScan? Turbo. Turbo. Scan. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know why I heard. Do you use scan. that? No, I don't. I use um. I use. Let me see, because it's in my phone. I use. It's blue. I use Scanner Pro. Sign now. Okay. I use Scanner Pro and Hello Sign. So sometimes, like I'm, I have to sign a document. My account might send something, or a client might send something. I use Hello Sign. I love that app. I think you should try it because it saves all the documents too, Uh, and then it lets you know, like if you send a document that needs to be signed, it lets you know when they opened it, it lets you know when they signed it, and you can also remind them to sign to follow up. You know, I love it. Oh wow, it's amazing. Hello Sign, and um, for just like scanning documents, and I have, you know, I have my license scanned, I have my passport scanned, just in case things. You know, I'm somewhere and I lose everything. I have it saved in Scanner Pro. Me too. Okay. Um, yeah, TurboScan works for me. I've definitely have been like in the middle of South of France and needed to like sign something and then send it right over to somebody. And like, it's just a very like efficient and fast way to like sign off on documents. So anybody who's on the go and you really are working from a remote office where you're always running, like that's a great tool. Um Okay. For you. But I need to get into this hello scan. That's that's hello. something kind of amazing. Yeah. You're gonna hello sign and you can sign it with your finger right there on the spot. Oh. <laughs> it's really that. it's I love it. I love it. Okay, so you got the turbo scan. Anything else you mm-hmm. you are loving to handle? What am I loving on the go? Mm-hmm. On the go. I remember uh, I had Amy, a mutual friend on the podcast, and she was all about Dropbox, honey. I was like, geez, I felt I, so I went through and cleaned up my Dropbox because I was like, she is all about Dropbox. I need to step my Dropbox really. In. I think I need to get into Dropbox because it actually is overwhelming to me when mm-hmm. people send me things like via like Dropbox. So maybe I need to get back into that. Yeah, I should. I, I love should. I love it. So. I guess I use, I've been using, I've been working with an agency that uses Slack a ton. I don't know if you've ever Slacked, mm-hmm. but look at me. Slack, put look, me on game. look at me trying to be all new school. Slack is right. like, it's, it's, I love it because 
it is an, and it's like it's an app that you can communicate on and it's similar to like text message if you will i keep it up on my computer too but i feel like when you're working on a big project I hate getting stuck in email, you know, so uh, it allow it saves all the documents. Like, so if it's like signing things, it saves all the documents to the side, but people can like, so I'm on a, I'm working on a project, the, the retreat that's happening in January that you are going to be at. I'm in the building. <laughs> and, I am in the building. <laughs> yes. And I'm, so I'm working on it and you know, there's a channel that we have that's just about the applications. And then there's like a channel that I'm on with three people on the team. That's just purely about the sort of like financial elements, you know, and I, I think you might as for someone who does events, I think you might like Slack. It took me a long time to get into it, but now that I'm into it, I'm, I'm on. Oh, I need that. Yeah. Oh, I'm also looking for an assistant oh. who is very tech savvy. So you see that you dropping me all these things <laughs> I need to try. Yes. I barely know how to use, like, I just learned like iTunes music and I'm like, yo, why, why was I so like late to this? And it's yes. like absolutely like changed my mind. So I'm looking for somebody who is better than me and like the tech computer world because that's the bane of my existence. Yeah, that's the thing I tell people. I've been interviewing for the last two weeks and just for someone who decides to to shoot Carlina note, it's like there's a level of like confidence that you have to have. You mm-hmm. the confidence to to manage your boss, you know, like yeah. I just I had it once I figured out what I was doing, I got in the game and I managed my boss like I've looked at your calendar today. You will have no time for food. I want to go ahead and take care of your food now. Do you want, yep. you know, she always would want like she likes sushi from Whole Foods, a turkey sandwich from downstairs, like yep. like let me just take care of that for you. People don't always yeah. want to wait for you to they don't want they shouldn't always have to ask you to do something you know no you should be able to anticipate your boss's needs yeah like you should always be 10 steps ahead of them like you should know what they like what they don't like how they move how they like to travel like when to follow up when to not when to fall back when to be aggressive like those are some of the keys of being a great entry-level assistant type of role like if you can do that they're going to fall in love with you. Like, believe me. Believe. Okay. Anticipating the need. Got it. So I know Puff is going to walk in the room. He's going to want white flowers. He's going to want the candles. <laughs> the water is going to need to be at 75 degrees. <laughs> like, I know that the menu needs to look like X, Y, and Z. It's yeah. like, if you know this, just like move on it. They shouldn't have to turn to you and say, why is it the X, Y, and Z there? It's like, right. these things you should just know how to do. I love that. So, okay, you travel a ton. And I know because yes. I see you on a gram looking fly. <laughs> um, what are some things that you must have when you're traveling? Like, like, what is your favorite suitcase? I'm curious because I want to know, like, what are you, what, what should I have? Okay, I'm obsessed with travel pouches like it's really important to me to be organized so I have in my big bags it's always like 20 very little small bags so I have like a small cute bag for my electronics I have a small cute bag for my all my wires and things so they aren't all over the place I have a small cute bag for x y and z so I'm like hypersensitive when it comes to like organizing things um I also read Rachel Zoe's book style from a to Zoe and I got some great um style and packing tips along the way a lot of times when I'm traveling for work I'm usually wearing like the same like monochromatic moment like black sweats maybe like cool black shirts but I'm like pairing it with a fur I'm like pairing it with sneakers so if you keep the same like color palette when you're packing it will save you like so much time and space yeah um 
and just like switch your shoes in your bag. It's like a New York girl like style tip. But I'm very much about like monochromatic moments when I travel because it saves me a lot of space. Um, one thing I learned from traveling internationally, like leave your fancy like Louis Vuitton luggage for like quick domestic trips. So okay. when you're traveling internationally to like small other countries, those are the first pieces of luggage that get stolen. I'm telling y'all this because I know from yeah. experience. I know everybody's all about like stunting all that, but like keep the fancy luggage for like small like for carry carrying on, on. Carrying on, yes. Wow, yeah, I would. First I'm, to be stolen. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. So okay, yeah. The travel pouches are your are your thing. Yes. I bought some, but I need to get yes. some more. Okay. Um, I just bought a MacBook Air. It is the best computer to like keep on the road it's small enough and thin enough to like keep in like an oversized bag or like throw in your purse so anybody who's working on the go and they're looking for a new lighter system the macbook Mm -hmm. air has been like my best purchase oh my god yes do you have one yes i do because back when i first first started um i used to travel around with my heavy ass laptop you know Mm -hmm. and i don't like to i never check a bag because I travel a ton and I'm always going to meetings. And so yep. one of the tips that I tell people is never check a bag, period, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to a meeting in that same day. So I would carry that laptop, girl. It was so heavy. Yes. Then I got the smaller little um, air and it was too small. It was like the tiny, tiny one. And so now I got this one and I think it's like the pound. I think it's like seven pounds, eight pounds, whatever, six pounds, whatever it is. Yeah, super it, light. Is you got to keep it super light, and I have to have the keys. But yeah, I never. I don't buy fancy um luggage because why? Um, oh, it's a wrap. Yeah, I'm not trying to stolen, thrown all over the place. Yeah, none of that. I don't. My favorite is is I think it's called Leopold or something, and it is really yeah, super light luggage. Um, and that's really what I need because. I'm pretty sure you're in Paris and you're trying to carry a big old heavy thing up and down stairs no. or in there. And those elevators are so tiny. Like I no. just tried to keep it light and keep it tight, small, keep it light. Um, I wish I could be one of those fabulous girls that like wears like heels and all that. Girl, the airport. Like that's, that's not my vibe. That is not my vibe. I'll keep them in my bag and I'll do the switch up before I like walk into my meeting. But like, I'm yeah. definitely not traveling that way um, in any means. And for any girl that's on the go, I think because I work with men for so long and you know, it doesn't take men any time to get dressed. No. Like they land, they go into the meeting and you still gotta like get yourself together. Go in the- I So my life is very like fast paced and everything I do is quick. So I always keep my makeup bag like with me. I always keep like a face mister like with me, like a little mini like toiletry bag because you never know like when you're ever gonna get a moment to like get yourself together so I actually learned that at working with bad boy like we'll land puff me on to the next and you can't be like I need to do my hair like you need <laughs> to be able to like hit the ground running and like be able to like run with the boys so I always have like my mini like glam set with me so I'm always ready to that's go that's awesome yes I never check my makeup bag ever 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 no makeup bag goes with I keep it with me okay I keep it with me. all right Carlene so I couldn't do this podcast without being a little bit nosy. So I just, okay. I got a couple of nosy things I want to ask based on some stuff yeah. I read and it's not gossipy, but it's just like, I, I just, I'm curious. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll start obviously with Diddy that working with him had to be crazy. Insane. What are the things that you've learned from him that you attribute to your success today? 
That's a great question. Um, I'm thankful for my opportunity with Puff because I saw success and really what getting it is mm-hmm. in my in, in right in front of my face. I think some people don't know like how tangible it is to like have greatness if you've never seen it. I agree. Puff is relentless. Okay. Like he is relentless and he really does not stop. Um, and so I think for me as a young new business owner, I had to see it like he never gives up. He's always going harder. He does not take no for an answer. And he's always going to push you as to why can't it happen? Like mm-hmm. just because somebody tell you no the first time, they don't mean why break this down for me. Like I'm not understanding. So he's never just taking anybody's word for it. And as a business owner, like I'm sure you know this too, when you're getting into your business, people are telling you things left and right. Oh, you have to do this or it has to go like this. Mm-hmm. You just don't run with the status quo. Why? Why does right. it have to be like that? Like, don't be afraid to like challenge and push people and like block people in the corner. Like we will always say a bad boy, like it's time for like the full court press. Like you really have to put like the pressure on people sometimes to like get the things you want. So I'm so thankful that I was able to be so close to him just to like sponge like all his greatnesses. People always ask me like, is Puff crazy? And I would be like, you wish you had a third of his craziness because that's why he is as yep. successful as he is. If he was just this normal local joker, regular schmegler <laughs> in my Cardi D voice, man, he would not be the icon that he is today so all the greats are a little crazy but that's why they are amazing awesome i love that i love that okay so next next nosy moment i read that oprah the oprah winfrey called you in the office to say thank you oh my god what was that for what was that like and why didn't you tell me over oh my god so (laughs) oprah loves tequila does she? she I, you know what? I heard tequila. that too. I heard that from yes. someone who worked on her show. Yeah, she loves tequila. Like that's her drink of choice. And I think when she has people over to her house, like that's like her welcome drink that she makes for people. And Puff, her and Puff were doing something together. And again, me being a great assistant, I'm like, we have to send her something. Yeah, you so. just don't meet Oprah and not send nothing. Sorry. You just don't. You just don't send nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I, you know, it was my job to, you know, do the gifting, be the relationship manager for everything in his life. So I put together this super dope gift that involved tequila mm-hmm. and, you know, sent it to her on like white doves and like all this extraness. <laughs> and she got it and she loved it. Um, And she called the office and not even like her assistant called, like, I'm going to connect you. Like she called the office (laughs) and she said like, hi, this is Oprah. I'm calling to speak to to Carlene. I I thought she was, no, no. She said, hi, this is Oprah. And I said, oh, one moment, let me connect you to Mr. Combs. She said, no, I wasn't calling to speak to him. I was calling to speak to you and say, thank you. I know the assistant do do are doing all the work so i'm calling to let you know like thank you and like i really love this tequila and she was going on and on about it i really had to i hung up the phone by the way there was nobody in the office that day for some reason <laughs> that I could, like, that this <laughs> right there was no one I, I was like having this moment in this office by myself like did i really the Oprah really just know my name like it was the craziest thing in the world but yeah that was a, a, a moment for me like yo oprah just called for me i even called puff he was on a plane like connect me oprah just called office. he was like she was asking for me i was like no she was asking for me so that was like a big huge huge moment to me so shout out to miss winfrey and shout out to 
Novana Cruz, who used to be her right hand in the office. So. Awesome. That's yeah. so that amazing. I can only imagine. Yeah. And I think that just speaks to the type of woman that she is and how no matter how Ugh. big you get, like she knew who to thank. It wasn't like she didn't text him like oh thanks for the tequila or post it on instagram and be like got no. it you know it was like let yeah. me take a moment and pick up the phone and call and so that would have probably yeah. girl somebody with and nobody around to resuscitate you if you lost no. it <laughs> and that's that was before that was way before the instagram days it's like i would have took a picture yeah, of the phone like, <laughs> like i ain't gonna believe what just happened to me so that was a a great little win moment for me i'm just That's mad awesome. nobody was in the office for me to like run the screen to like you won't believe it right okay so i got another last little thing that i'm i'm curious about i read that you had coffee with madonna i did Ugh, I had coffee with madonna Stop it. at her very fabulous home in new york um i was meeting with her about a job this was actually before um i started the Vanity Group, and we were in discussions about a project. And it was just, I had, I left there and had to pinch myself. Like, <laughs> right. and you know what? I, I meet a lot of people, you know, I'm in the business of working with, you know, like superstars of, of our world. So I'm not mm-hmm. phased. I'm, a lot of times I'm very much desensitized, mm-hmm. but it's like Madonna. Right. And her home. Like having coffee. Having coffee. No big deal. No big deal. It's like, it's like <laughs> no big deal. No <laughs> big deal. Like I really like left and was like, you know, like you touch your face. Like did, 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 did I, I just was this a movie? Did I just have Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, Carly. Like I just and she's her energy is so badass. Like it's so uh, badass. I love the it. artwork and her home. You my leak, you would love it because I know you're into interiors too. Like you the art, <laughs> the just the I was looking at everything, like the paneling on the steps, just like the hardware on the knobs, just like fly. You know what? I'm so thankful for these little experiences, like, you know, the opportunity to go to Madonna's house or anytime I'm in Atlanta and I'm in Ross's like big house, like those are such inspirational and aspirational moments for me because it's like, you will never know this level of living existed if you have never been privy to it. Yep. To see so it's, like, it's doable. To see it. To see it. And, and I never get jealous, like, uh, why not me? But to me, it actually motivates me and it pushes me to dream bigger. Like, you can also have this too. I remember the first time I went to Puff's house in Miami. Very famous home. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. From the gravel and the rocks to the staff that's wearing white linen suits with PD, you know, monogrammed in gold on it. I'm like, this is some fly shit. And <laughs> if you dream and if you work hard, yep. you can have it too. Puff maybe had this house since he was in his early 30s. It just always reminds me like it's attainable. Yep. Like just keep going. Just keep going. Yep. Like it's amazing. That's super awesome. Okay. So now that uh, this is the deal. I want to um, ask you two listener questions. So that is one okay. of the things that I love to have the the guests ask. So first question is a friendship question. And I'm just curious to know, you know, how you feel. So okay. here's the first question. I work for an airline full time, but I'm also a makeup artist along with being an esthetician. Mm-hmm. I have two girlfriends where we grew up together and we would do things as girlfriends would do. And some of us became successful in our careers in their careers Mm -hmm. I'm the underdog friend so when I hear that they went together on vacation I feel 
the left out role. But when they can't find a flight or need a discount on makeup or facial products, they call me. I sometimes feel upset and will stop calling them. I've asked both of them for advice on how to get my business off the ground, but they don't respond back. Would I be wrong to clean out my circle of friends? Thank you for taking the time to help out this underdog. What do you think? I have some different, I have some thoughts, but my thoughts are always not aligned. But what are your thoughts first? Mm-hmm. I have been the underdog friend. Um, I would tell her 100% to clean out her circle. Okay. Um, sometimes what's, what's understood doesn't need to be spoken or doesn't need to be discussed. Like she can feel it in the energy, like what it is. Like, I don't want to be the friend, the sometime friend or the friend that's an option. Like if you're going to, if you're going to be my friend, you're going to be my friend, like 360 and a hundred percent. So if they're using her for other things, it's like, she knows what that is. And even if she is working on her grind and she maybe right now can't invest in like the trips and all these other things that they're, they have going on, they can still include her, even invite her and let her be the one to decline and said, not right now guys, but you know, still like include the person, but a hundred percent, I say, wipe out your circle. I don't have a lot of people around me and it is because at different parts of my life, people, people will show you who they are without having to like say much. And it's like, I just don't need that energy around me like I think I'm pretty dope um I always say like I'm a gated community like and I just can't have just like people just like around because people will like you know suck you dry so and just like you know just be disappointed in them so I would tell homegirl like 100% like clean out your circle and it don't have to be a big basketball wives throw a drink in their face just like you can you can slowly say to black like ain't no love lost, but it's like you're no longer like in this gated community with me. I would say, OK, so my approach to this might be a little bit different is like, see, I've never I've considered myself an underdog professionally, but like I don't think that I've been much in the business of like comparing myself of where I am with my friends because Mm -hmm. I feel like different paths take different amounts of time, right? Like I've been friends with people who knew exactly what they wanted to do. You go to school this amount of time, you become a doctor and now you're doing this. So I never really, I'm curious about how much insecurity you might be bringing to the friendship because don't you know that friend that's like, because I guess because I'm in a different place, it's like people be like, oh, you know, you don't have to do this. And since you got this, you don't. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, girl, I, I have different issues. You know, I may not yeah. have the same issues, but I've got different issues. So I would yes. I would say to make sure that you are not um, absorbing too much of this underdog underdog role that you have, because being a flight attendant and, you know, doing makeup and I'm assuming you have a license as an esthetician you're just you're on a different path and a different grind so don't 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 like bring that don't I guess it's like don't compare yourself and don't don't put yourself on a scale with your friends but I will say um that they don't have to call you. They don't have to invite you on the trip. I just, I don't understand grownups who are like, we're bonded. Like we, we are bonded as friends and we can't do anything together. Like, 
you know, I, I see, right. you know, I might see people doing things or I see people that I know they've gotten together and they've done something and I don't feel left out. It's like you right. can't look at somebody else's choice as something against you because somebody exactly. decides to do something without you is an attack against you. Like it's not an attack mm-hmm. against you. They just didn't include you. They didn't. Don't take you. it personal. Don't take it personal. So I would say, I mean, I, I wouldn't say clean out your circle of friends. I would say add some more friends to your circle because mm. I have enough people in my life. It's just like if I see you, Carlene, in Atlanta, kicking it with somebody I know, I'm not going to be on Instagram. Oh, you can't call me. It's like you. Uh, <laughs> that happens. It happens. It, it, and it wasn't you. You did it. You probably didn't even think about me. You know, no. it just, it's not. Oh, I just didn't have time. Right. right. So I didn't have time. that's my. <laughs> so that would be my approach to it. But I do. Both answers are the right answer. I still feel yes. you know i agree um also she should probably read the four agreements because yes. you brought up a good point um Malik. sometimes people put their own insecurities in the situation and just make it worse so if it's genuinely like she feel like they're using her i said oh 100 percent like time to like fade to black on them but like if there's some insecurity involved because perhaps she is not where they are professionally and like you said and i always say it people have different chapters in their life. Like they may be on chapter 10 and you may be on chapter three. So like we definitely can't compare it, but like a lot of times like your personal issues that you're like sprinkling is just like making it worse. So I even have moments where I have to like check myself and say like, Carlene, is this like a personal thing that you're putting here or is this a very like black and white situation? And I sometimes have these moments quarterly. And one book that I always read to like get my mind like back in order is The Four Agreements. So I would recommend that to her. It's a quick book. You can read it in like two nights. Yep. And it'll kind of like get you refocused. Exactly. One of my favorites. I keep it on my shelf too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next question is in she says, how do you stay committed to a goal? A very easy question, I know, but I struggle with this daily. I have so mm. many projects that I may try mm. to implement and have intentions on carrying them out, but get sidetracked along the way. How do you yeah. stay connected and enthusiastic about a goal? This is actually something that is a priority for me right now as well. Like I feel like I have so many goals mm-hmm. and so many things that I want to do. And it's just physically a not enough time to, to do it. I was actually walking to soul cycle this week and I saw a sign for Equinox and it said, commit to something. Yep. That was the campaign. Mm-hmm. And it really stopped me in my tracks because this has been something that I've been toiling with for so long So the first thing I had to let myself know and give myself forgiveness is that I can't do everything all the fucking time. (laughs) No. I have to commit to something. So if right now, if if the goal is like completing my website, like that is the goal. It's like I can't do five million things at one time. So maybe the shift needs to be like, let's almost like break down like what you can do in tiers. Like the focus for like this month is this. The focus Mm -hmm. for next month is this, I think where I was beating myself up and starting to feel swamped is that I was trying to do too much like simultaneously. And I'm dope at multitasking, like tooting my own horn here, but like some bigger goals require a lot more like attention and a lot more drive. I don't know if you've experienced this too, but I definitely just saw that campaign and said, commit to something. And at that moment, that's where I had this aha moment, like, okay, Carly. Let's focus on one thing, like right. one yeah. big project. 
I think I, I agree with you. So I have so much stuff going on all the time, right? And I think that it's really about learning to prioritize your goals. Yes. And yes. I always tell people, if you're not sure what to do, do the thing that pays the most. Like, yeah. So if you're like, you know, I do this, I do that. Like, you know, I do events, like I do weddings, I do what it's like, whatever the thing is that yields you the most cash, cash yeah. will give you the freedom to do other Woo! things. So yeah. when you're making your money, like, and I'm cracking up because somebody wrote me, I've gotten people who have written me about the volume of my podcast. And it's like, can you do this? I can if I got it turned up. So this is the thing. Like I do a podcast and I have a personal website that I would love to be a lot better. I would mm -hmm. love to have a podcast that had music and shit on it that, you know, that I right. get like that I could intro, right. intro that I can figure out how to get the volume just so beautifully flowing through your ears. But at this time on, you know, January 13th, 2017, the podcast is not what keeps my lights on. So mm. if I am twiddling around with music garage band or whatever the hell it is, or uh -huh. trying to contact editors. And if I'm focused on that, guess what? I'm not focused on the yeah, shit that pays my bills. Right. <laughs> Always stay focused on what pays your bills. And sometimes those other smaller goals, they're not going to be at a hundred percent. You're going to, they're mm. going to be at 50. They might be at 25. And I know when you're an overachiever and you're used to everything operating at this level, you just got to accept the fact that, all the goals can't be flowing at a hundred at all times. So it's like, yeah, just give yourself room to be like, like even with my exercise, like my health, my exercise, because you can, you'll beat yourself up about it. My goal is this. I just need to make it to the trainer at a minimum twice a week. Mm -hmm. it, it, sometimes and this is how raggedy I'll be sometimes sometimes Carlene I'll be all the way at the last day like Thursday Friday like <laughs> but I right. did it but it but happened it. but I did it you know and then I'll say with my diet I go you know 80% of the time when I turn on my stove to cook in my kitchen I am making healthy meals guess what that doesn't mean when I go out to dinner I don't yeah. have it's like you have to just try to figure out how to balance balance these goals you know the goal that pays the most gets the most attention because that that goal is going to give you cash to free you up to do more things so yeah I and to your point I actually just read about that in Inc magazine it okay. was like six tips for like getting getting what you want for entrepreneurs and it said the same thing stop spending too much time on things that don't really like matter in your life or make you money and so like all that frivolous shit it's like you said you gotta prioritize like the goal or like the things that are gonna like get you there absolutely so carlene that is it for us no is it over <laughs> it's been an hour girl you're like no you want to say goodbye where can everybody find you carlene final words where can everybody find you Everybody can find me on Instagram at Vanity Group NYC. Um, my website is thevanitygroup.com. Um, I'm there. I, my leak is working with me to be more active on Instagram <laughs> and more active on Snap. I would love if this new assistant that I find can like help me get my social media life like yes. in order. Um, but no, my leak. Thank you for having me on this show. It's so dope. Thank um, you. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm having separation anxiety. I don't want like, to, I don't want to go and I don't want you to go. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring you to the retreat unless 
uh, Mr. Combs or Ms. Winfrey have something more uh, happening. I pray. <laughs> no, I, I have this. This is priority. I have it on my calendar perfect, for perfect. January 2018. It's go. going down. Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. See you soon. Okay, guys. So I hope you really enjoyed this interview. And I wanted to share a little bit of the audio of when Carlene and I tried to record this podcast a few days ago. She was in town um, in Georgia, Atlanta, doing some pre-planning for one of her client's birthday party, um, celebrity client. So take a listen to this. Hope you enjoy this first ever somewhat podcast bomb blooper. For those of you that don't know, Carlene Roy is the founder of The Vanity Group. The Vanity Group is a luxury lifestyle management agency. The Vanity Group is composed of resourceful, creative, and well-connected yeah. lifestyle management advisors who are experienced in bespoke event producing. <laughs> Hi. Who do we have here? Carl a.k.a. the biggest boss, Rick Ross. What's up? What's up? Thank you so much for popping on, Mr. Ross. Thank you. Thank Happy early birthday. for having me. <laughs> You're really crashing my podcast. This is my first podcast. He's crashing. Why not, though? That's what I'm He's... trying to tell you. That's what it's for. He's That's crashing the, the podcast, podcast party. Yeah, it's like barf, like photobombing. You know what I mean? It's oh, the yeah, it's audio photobombing. Yes, it is. It's the audio photobombing. You're preparing for your big party birthday. Yeah, my birthday party coming up. We'll come. Okay, we'll have to. We'll have to. I'll have to make sure I crash it. <laughs> what you say? She said, "Should she crash?" I said, "I'll be sure to crash it." Most definitely. <clears throat> we'll yes, have red carpet we'll be there. <laughs> oh, perfect! That's I love that. <laughs> yeah, we got you. We're gonna take care of you real good. I got all the pressure. Awesome. All the pressure. See, my, All the my life is so erratic because I have so much pressure from my clients. It's a little too intense for me. So much pressure from the clients. I know. I'm 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 happy about the crashing. So this is exciting because people can see that while you're working and recording a podcast, it's like you you get it done. And I feel like so many people have so many reasons why they can't get anything done. Um, but multitasking is the name of the game. 